<laughs> well, I'm going to read the scripture this morning to you, and, uh, and here I built a keynote presentation for you guys, and, uh, and since I'm not going to be able to use it, I'm going to lie about it and say that it was the best one yet. Uh, but then I came in and our computer needed updated, and I've been burned by that before. So uh, my man Caleb is going to help me out. This is in Mark uh, chapter 4, verse 1, and I'm going to read through this in its entirety, and then I want to point out a couple of things. And uh, so if you have your Bibles, feel free to open them up to Mark uh, chapter 4. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat, and he sat on it out in the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. And he taught them many things by parables, and in his teachings he said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. And some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil, and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they didn't bear again. Still other seed fell on good soil, and it came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. And then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And when he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. And he told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. The reason why Jesus said that was that he was to come and preach the gospel first to the Jews, knowing that many of them were going to reject him. So that was to fulfill the the prophetic word there. And then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and he takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, they hear the word and at once they receive it with joy. But, since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. And still others, like seeds sown among the thorns, they hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word and make it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it. And produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. And he said to them, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. And whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Now, this is an interesting what he just said. He said, consider carefully what you hear, and then he goes on, because with what measure you use, meaning with what measure you use to hear, it will be measured to you, and even more. 
Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken from him. What's he talking about? He's saying, what you've heard, I want you to be careful about what you hear, because with how much you hear will determine how much more you'll understand. Did you catch this? That same measure that you're hearing with is the same measure that you'll get more of it. But if you don't, he continues on, he says, but whoever, for whoever has will be given more, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. So be careful what you hear, meaning make sure you listen to hear the word. You guys got that? Let's continue. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he doesn't know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. And again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed that you plant in the garden. And yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. And with many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand, as much as they could understand. He spoke to them as much as they could understand. What a good teacher. He only shares with us as much as we can understand. But he says to us, be careful what you hear. Not meaning, meaning in the positive, in the affirmative. Listen to what I'm saying and be careful that you grab a hold of it because if you get it, I'll give you more. And then he gives them as much as they can handle that day. Are you guys, are you guys tracking with me? Yeah. All right. Now, he didn't say anything to them without using a parable, but when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. That day, I love this, that day, catch this, this all happened in one day. That day. It's been a busy day. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him, and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up, and he rebuked the wind, and he spoke to the waves, Quiet! Be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified. And they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is just chock full of goodies, isn't it? Are you guys excited? Are you anticipating? Jesus begins. I'm going to run back through this a little bit, but I want to point out a couple of pieces of what Jesus is laying out. First of all, let's look at the context. Jesus is beginning. He's been working with. He's called the disciples, and he said, come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Come and follow me, and I will make you my disciples. 
Come and follow me. And he's showing them that he is the son of God. And he begins to teach immediately. And he says, to, as he goes and teaches, he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, Jesus, before this happened, he's already been, he's been, uh, he's, he appoints the 12 apostles. He, he's casting out demons. He begins to, uh, he's, he's healed people. He's made water out of wine. These guys are seeing some serious kingdom activity going on. He's made water out of wine. That's what we're doing now, actually. When we take communion, we've, we've made juice out of wine. Um, no, he, he's made uh, water into wine. That's a much better miracle, actually. People are much more grateful when you do that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So he's already demonstrating the kingdom of heaven, and, he's, and, he, and as he's doing it, He's teaching the disciples. He's saying, this is how the kingdom of heaven works. This is how the kingdom of heaven works. This is what it's like. What shall I say that it's like? Well, I'm telling you, it's like, a, it's like someone who comes out and they sow, the farmer sows seed all over. And the seed is the word of God. Now, what is the word of God? It's the testimony. The testimony. And we know that the word says this. It says that the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Our friend Dave, who just came up and shared his testimony, what was happening? People were coming and prophesying to him things that they have no capability of knowing except for that the Holy Spirit quickened in them to pray for Dave a certain way that was an answer to Dave's prayers, to the things that were going on in his life. Only God knew what they were. And what was Jesus doing? He was entrusting the word to Dave. Dave, I see you. I'm with you. I hear your prayers. I know what's going on in your life. And in case you were wondering, I'm going to give you five different instances that you have no answers for outside of the fact that the kingdom of heaven has come near you today. Repent and believe. Here we are, right? What, what does repent mean? It means change my mind. I was going this way. I'm going this way. God knows my name. He knows where I am. He knows stuff about me. He's proving it through brothers and sisters. I'm in, right? He, was, he encountered the word. The word is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is here giving testimony about who he is. And these people, these disciples, these beautiful learners, these lifelong learners, that's what we are. We're disciples. They're responding and they're learning. And Jesus is teaching them how to follow him. Dick, uh, the boiler turned off. I need you to go in there and turn that baby on so that these guys don't start freezing. You just have to push the button. Sorry about that, guys. That's important, though. I feel like there was a prophetic message from the Lord. He's like, they will leave. You're not that good. Not that good. <laughs> See? It's already happening. So, the, so, the, so he's entrusting the word to the disciples, and then he's explaining this to them. He's saying, look, this is how the kingdom of heaven works. This is what the kingdom of heaven looks like. This is what you're a part of. I'm telling you that I'm planting the word in you, and the things that I'm doing, you're going to be able to do. Remember, Jesus came, he said, I am the light of the world. But when he left, he said, you're the light of the world. As I am on this earth, so are you. Go and preach the gospel, teaching everyone, making, making disciples of all nations, teaching everyone to obey everything I've commanded you. So we are now extending the kingdom of heaven. Well, Jesus is with the original disciples, and he's saying, here's the kingdom of heaven. Now, be careful how you listen, because what you grab a hold of will determine the next thing that you can do. 
But if you don't grab a hold of the testimony of Jesus Christ, of the, of the kingdom, if you don't grab a hold of those things, even what you have will be taken away. Who's going to take it away? Well, we actually have, a, uh, we have it in the story here. It says, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. You see, if you don't grab a hold of the word, Satan will come and steal it from you. But if you hold on to the word, that's why you be careful how you hear. If you grab a hold of it and you begin to say, Lord, let me be a doer of this word, not just a hearer only. Lord, I receive it. I believe it. I'm holding on to this word. This is the testimony of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. I won't hear that word for someone else. I'm going to hear that word for me. How many of you have, don't, you don't have to raise your hand, we're all guilty, how many, don't even raise your hand, we're all guilty, aren't we, of hearing the word and being like, oh, that's a good word for, you know, my husband, he needs to hear that word right now, receive it for him, in fact, I'm texting it right now, that's not receiving the word, <laughs> and so he's saying, you got to grab a hold of that, because if you don't receive the word, be careful that you receive it, because if you don't, Satan will steal it from you, further, he says this, Be careful how you hear the word so that you don't become distracted by the deceitfulness of riches. Does he say that riches are evil? No, he does not. He says don't be distracted by the deceitfulness of them. What do riches normally do to us, right? We've all been in the money sometimes. You get busy spending and taking care of yourself. And if you're not careful, you misunderstand what it was for. And what is it for? You were created to be a blessing. You were created to provide jobs and better jobs. You were provided to to be able to do many myriad things which you can use your imagination for. But they're all good things. But you weren't given this simply to consume. You were given this to invest kingdom style. Yes? That's not what this is about. That was just for free. So then he goes on to say, he says, so remember, be careful how you hear. Are you receiving the word? Are you receiving the word? As I'm speaking of the kingdom, I'm sharing the kingdom with you. I'm sharing my heart with you. I'm talking about my father's heart. I'm talking about the kingdom of heaven and how it's extending. And he says this, some of the seed fell on rocky ground, which is what I just spoke about. Some of it, uh, oh, I'm sorry, rocky ground. They receive it with joy, but they have no roots. They're just sort of like, yeah, no, that sounds... Sweet, man, it's all good. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus digs me, man, that's all good, yeah. And then persecution comes and they're like, whoa, I didn't, I, 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 I'm a it's all good kind of believer, not a I get persecuted for it kind of believer. And so they go away because there's persecution because of the word, because the first thing the word comes and says is, it's not all good. And the people that aren't doing all good start persecuting you, Amen. So he's continuing, he's sharing, and then he goes on and says this. The seed sown among thorns we just spoke of, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires of other things come in and they choke the word, making it unfruitful. What does that mean? That's a matter of calibration. See, I've taken the good things that God's entrusted to me and I've allowed my heart and my passion and my joy and my creativity and my imagination to be too influenced by the stuff instead of the God that gave me the stuff. And so I let the stuff choke out the fruitfulness of my life. And Jesus says, don't do that. Don't let that happen to you. And he says, do this. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, they hear the word, they accept it, 
and produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. Be careful how you hear. Consider carefully what you hear. Verse 24. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Then he continues, and he says, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. And then he goes on to say, You have no idea how it grows, but when you come back, suddenly it's grown. He's saying, the kingdom of heaven is expanding. The kingdom of heaven is expanding. And when it's time, I want, you to, I want you to harvest, okay? Then he moves forward. And he says again, verse 30, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, the smallest seed you're going to plant in the garden. But what does it do? It becomes the largest tree in the garden. Even the birds find a home in it. What's he saying? The kingdom of heaven starts out small, but it continues to grow. And then he says, let's get in the boat. So they get in the boat. What happens? Well, immediately, Jesus decides, it's time to take a break. I've been working all day. This was a big day. And it says, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now let's think about the context of what just happened. Jesus just spent the whole day teaching them what the kingdom of heaven was like. Every part of the word that he just taught them, he took them aside. Guys, I just just told the crowd this parable. Now I'm going to explain it to you. Who explains it to them? You're going to bear fruit. 30, 60, and 100 fold. The kingdom of heaven, it's expanding. It's in you. It's continuing. It might seem small now, but it's got a momentum of its own. There are going to be things about the kingdom that pop up. You don't even know how it's happening, but I'm telling you it's happening. And guess what? You're in. You're on the ground floor, baby. I'm explaining everything to you. He even says that. He says, others, I'm speaking in parables. And he goes, but to you, I'm telling the mysteries of the kingdom. These guys are on the inner circle. You guys know you're in the inner circle too? Okay. So, so here they are on the inside track. So then Jesus gets in the boat. They just got done with this amazing message. They're like, this is sweet. Jesus is so smart. And so they get in the boat. And the first thing that happens is a storm comes up. And they're working. They're working. They're rowing and rowing and working. And they're doing everything that they know to do. And Jesus is taking a nap. And finally they do what I think any of us probably would do, which is like, Jesus, your plan's not going well at all. We're going to drown. Do you even care? Do you see what's happening? And Jesus wakes up, and he turns, and he rebukes the wind. He rebukes the wind. I rebuke you, wind. I take authority over you, wind, and I rebuke you. And then... It says he turns and he speaks to the waves. He rebukes the wind. I rebuke you, wind. And then he speaks to the waves. Shh. Peace. Be still. And it says this. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. 
And then he said to the disciples, that's what I'm talking about. No, he goes, why are you so afraid? I actually think it was like this. (sighs) Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And I love this. And they were terrified. (laughs) Even the wind and the waves obey him. They're like missing the whole point. Which is so funny. Why are you so afraid? They're like, that scares us even more. We'd have been better off if we just drowned. <laughs> We're with the guy that controls the waves. This is so hard. <laughs> How many of you can just see yourself in this story? Like, where do you see yourself in the boat, right? I think John's over there like, I'm just going to spoon with Jesus. The red. Peter's like, go! Go, you idiots! You know, I <laughs> I don't know what Thomas is doing. I think maybe that's where he started doubting. He's like, you got to be kidding me. Seemed like a great idea. I'm going to remember this for later. I want, I want like a tour guide before I get in a boat. I don't know. But <laughs> so Jesus says, <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. I love him. I love you. They didn't remember what he said. They didn't remember what he said. I I don't have time to get into it, but right after this, there's another story about a lake and a boat and a lot of work. And Jesus, he, he, he does some more miracles and he tells them some more things about the kingdom. And he just told the disciples, you'll have to go and read in Mark. It's really good. It's worth it. This is a fantastic book. I just want you to know that. I recommend you read it every day. Start out with it. It will change your life. It's living and breathing, but it is sharp. It's very sharp. You will be convicted. You will cry. You will laugh. You will repent. You'll treat your wife better. Okay. So Jesus, he goes and he continues to teach. And later, the disciples, you remember this story? They're they're going against the waves. And he comes walking across the water. And they get terrified again. (laughs) They do. It says they got terrified. (laughs) And so Jesus comes up and goes, shh, it's okay. Don't be scared. Be of good courage. It's me. They're like, oh. And he gets in the boat and immediately everything's calm again. It's the exact same lesson. I want to say this to you right now. Jesus loves you and he's okay with teaching you the exact same lesson. But he really appreciated if we would just learn it. He's not mad. It's just that we're working on something. And he'd like us to learn. So that's beautiful. He doesn't come in and be like, you are so fired. Because he can't. His dad's like, you can't fire your little brother. (laughs) It's a family business. Just heal him. Just heal him. It's the only hope. Just heal him. All right, I'll heal him. He says this, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? You see, the word I'm sowing into you is the truth. It's the life. What I say to you is incarnational. When I speak my words to you, when he was doing it then and even and now, by a mystery of the Holy Spirit and the reality of God, he's doing it right now in us. 
And he says, now be careful what you hear. I want you to listen to these words, and I want you to grab a hold of them. I want you to grab a hold of the, the theos. I want you to grab a hold of that. I also want you to grab a hold of the words that I give you that are specific. Dave, grab a hold of that word. The Lord said, I will answer this prayer. It's a testimony of Jesus Christ. Every one of us has words that God's given us. They're, they're freshly spoken words. The rhema, the freshly spoken word, and the, and the theos word, they don't contradict each other. They come together, the word of God, and it's the testimony of Jesus Christ, and it's bigger than the storm. But the moment that the word comes, the moment that the word comes, the moment that the word comes to you, the enemy of your soul, Satan, his name means the adversary, the adversary comes and tries to snatch it away. No sooner had Jesus spent the day teaching them these amazing things, they get in the boat, they're in the boat with Jesus, and Satan shows up and goes, I'm just going to drown him. I'm the prince of the air. And they're like, ha, ah, ah. And so they immediately are like, Jesus, it's not working. Wake up. Prince of peace. I wonder if they splashed water on him. I don't understand how he slept in the water. That's, let's, let's not talk about that now. And he gets up and he says, he, first of all, he turns to Satan and Satan's like, and he's like, stop it. <laughs> so he's like, Ooh. and then he turns to the waves and he says, peace, be still. And then he turns to them and he says, why, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Why, why are you so afraid right now? Do you still have no faith? Now, Jesus knew what he had put into them. So he wasn't saying, you don't have any faith. But he was saying, what did I just put in you? What did I just say to you? What was it? Do you recall what it was? Oh, that's right. You said kingdom of heaven is expanding and even when we don't understand it it will continue to expand man I sure didn't understand how we were going to not drown in the boat that probably would have been helpful if I would have thought about that he's like aha you said that the minute the word was spoken Satan would come and try to steal it and you just told us that we're extending the kingdom of heaven and then a storm showed up Oh, is that, what you're, is that what you're talking about, Jesus? He's like, it's my boys right there. I healed them. <laughs> you see, it's no different today. We have been called by our Father in heaven. And we have been cleansed by the blood of our big brother and, 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 and Savior, Christ Jesus. It says he's the firstborn of many. That makes us little brothers and sisters. Now, he's our Lord, but he's our big brother. And he's the good kind. He's the good kind of big brother. 
He's, okay, he's the kind of big brother when your big brother's being good. And he's never bad. So that's good. Are you guys writing this down? Because this is good. I'm with you. I'm with you in the boat. Why are you so afraid? The promises that you have, I gave them to you. Why are you so afraid? I will complete the good work that I began in you. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the answer to that is, oh, I do have faith. I do have faith. I remember now. I remember. I have faith. I remember. Now, this one took a little while. This lesson took a little while. As I just shared, a little bit later, they're in another storm. And Peter, he didn't quite get it yet, but he was, he was getting there. When Jesus came, he at least wanted to walk out on the water. Right? You see, the next storm was for the disciples. The next storm was for the disciples to stand up and say, Wind, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Stop it. Waves, circumstances around me, atmosphere that's rocking the boat. Shh. Peace. Be still. Peter, sing out a Rowan song. Let's go. Now, they missed it. They missed it. But you know what? Eventually, they got it. And Jesus is saying to us right now, remember the word that I spoke to you. I called you to come and extend my kingdom. As mothers and fathers, as brothers and sisters, as husbands and wives, as neighbors, as business people, as educators, as philosophers and artists and dancers, as musicians, as, as generosity dynamos, as administrators and healers and helpers and encouragers, I've called you to come and extend my kingdom. And my kingdom is like a little mustard seed. Started out as almost nothing in Junction City until the entire city and all the cities around it came into the kingdom of heaven. And other people came to bask and take shelter in the shade of the kingdom of heaven that started out with a little mustard seed of a few people that heard the word of God, understood it, and believed it. And then God said, well, then let me give you more. And today, every one of us needs to recognize in you, see, you are part of that kingdom. You're not just a mechanic. You're not just a teacher. You're not just an administrator. You're not just a mother at home who's administrating life. No. You're extending the kingdom of heaven in everything that you do. And the promise is that he will extend it through you and with you. And the promise is that he's in the boat. And so when the waves come and when the winds come, then you, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, with the authority of Jesus Christ, you turn to those things and you rebuke the wind. 
and then you speak to the waves. I think I have enough time to just delineate between those two things, and then I'd like us to take communion today. I think it's interesting, and I felt like the Lord wanted to release some wisdom this morning in those particular, the way that Jesus did that. See, I believe what we see is a prophetic type of the way that Jesus himself engaged in spiritual warfare and in atmosphere creation. Satan is the prince of the air. Am I right? Jesus just gave them a word. He just gave them a promise. They get into the boat, and immediately the wind begins to blow. Jesus isn't worried because he knows who he is. But the disciples are extraordinarily worried. They think they're going to die. Jesus gets up and rebukes the enemy, as it were. He rebukes the wind. The word says this. It says, you battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in high places. Am I right? Your battle's not against flesh and blood. Your battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers in high places. And and the word continues to say, and the weapons of our warfare are mighty for the tearing down of strongholds and every thought that lifts itself up against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The thought that was coming against the disciples in that moment was, you're going to die. You're not going to make it. These promises are not going to happen. The things the Lord told you, are you hearing this? The promises that God gave you, they're not going to happen. You're going to die. Your dream is going to die. Your plans are going to die. Your family's going to die. Your business is going to die. You're going to die. Everything is going to die. You're going to die. Be discouraged. Be afraid. And Jesus wakes up and says, you're not going to die Wind, I rebuke you. But then he speaks to the circumstance. He speaks to the physical place of the boat where the boat is being rocked. He speaks to the atmosphere around him. He speaks to that. And he releases blessing. He doesn't rebuke his atmosphere. He blesses his atmosphere. He takes authority in it and releases a blessing. He rebukes the wind. He speaks to the waves. (laughs) That's kind of it right there. Are you guys catching this? God wants us to stop rebuking the waves. Stop rebuking your boss and your wife and your husband and your neighbor and your house and the car and whatever other things that you've spiritualized. you, You got it backwards if that's the case. May we understand that we get to rebuke the wind. And who... Who is the greatest generator of discouraging hot air in all of the universe? Our adversary. He is always telling us how we're going to die, how it's going to not work, 
spiritual warfare in our lives, you're going to fail. You're, gonna, you're not going to make it. You're, you're not going to make it. Do you really think you're going to make it? Because you're not going to make it. You're, you're going to go to heaven. Barely, maybe, probably not, maybe. But you are definitely, definitely, definitely not going to make it. This plan's not going to happen. You're probably going to die. But even if you don't die, none of those promises are going to come true. And everybody knows you're fake. You're a big, fat faker. I know what you did last night. Let me remind you what you did last night. Let me, oh, see, now you're tempted. We're talking about it. You want to do it again? I see you. You're not going to make it. They know you. They know, everybody knows you. How many, how many times have you done this? You're going to do it again. You're going to end up doing it again. You're going to fall down. You're going to fail. Other people are going to know. You're going to be exposed. Other people are going to know. You're never going to get back up. Who would trust you with anything? Why would anyone trust you? Why do you trust you? You're going crazy. Are you talking to yourself? Is this your voice? Is this my voice? <laughs> what are you doing? You're going to, people know this. People know about you. No, no, no. No, no, no. Wrong one. Rebuke it. Rebuke it. Wind, the Lord rebuke you. You're on the right track. You're with me. I did the teacher thing on you there. Sorry. It's like, no, you didn't say it right. Try again. It was a different answer I had in mind. <laughs> you and I are having lunch. I owe you lunch. I singled you out. You get lunch. Are you guys with me? You speak to that. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Shut your mouth. You're the accuser of the brethren. Shh. When you speak, it's your natural language to lie. The Lord rebuke you. And then I turn to those circumstances. I turn to my, my workplace. I turn to my, my, my people that I'm working with. And I, and I turn to those circumstances. And then, and then my inflection changes. I'm not rebuking the people around me. I'm turning to those circumstances, those waves, the stress. And I say, I've got the Prince of Peace in the boat with me. Circumstances, peace, peace, be still. And you change the atmosphere. The kingdom of heaven is within you. It says, whoever comes to me, streams of living water will flow out of them. That's us. See, we've heard the word. We believe the word. We're being entrusted with more and more and more because we're hearing it and we're receiving it. And as we do that, we're then taking authority. And as Josh says, we're, we're turning to that windy nonsense and we're saying, shh, this, shh, in the name of Jesus. Throwing you a bone, Josh. And then we speak to the waves and we say, peace, be still. See, the waves aren't our enemy. The circumstance is not your enemy. This is important for us to catch this. I know I keep going around and around and around, but I honestly, I, I want it locked in. A lot of us have been attacking the waves, rebuking our neighbors, rebuking our job, rebuking our circumstances. Don't do that. See, you release blessing in that place. But you do rebuke the enemy. And you've only got to do it once. Because Jesus, he's the one back in that act. How many of you have seen the, you know, the movies where the guy jumps out and he's like, you know, does his last stand and it's like, freeze! And everybody drops their weapons and starts running and he's like, that's what I'm talking about. And then he looks behind him, you know, and it's, 
the army showed up or there's some amazing comic book God or of some kind. You know, there's always somebody really big behind them, right? Well, Jesus is with us. He's in the boat. Let's pass out the, uh, let's pass out the elements. And this morning, this morning, we're now in noon. This lunchtime, as we take the elements, I want us to simply remember this. Jesus gave his life. He died and rose again. And because he's done that, we have the opportunity to have him with us always. So as we take the elements this morning together, let's forget not the benefit of being his little brothers and sisters and of being sons and daughters of God. And let's extend the kingdom the same way that Jesus has shown us how to do it. Amen? So I want to wait until we all have the, uh, the elements. And uh, it looks like uh, my brother Tito has something to share. So while we're passing these out, why don't you grab a mic? Come on up here, Tito. And um, I've spent... Uh, the last, I guess it's been over a year now, uh, meeting with Tito, and uh, I love this man, and uh, he's, he's now teaching at NCU, he's got a lot of equity, so I'm, I'm not even judging this word before he gives it, but I just do want to speak to that, that if you ever do have a word, and you want to share it here, like you feel like, man, this feels like it's for the body, um, come up and either talk to Jason or an elder that's sitting up front, and let them judge the word, it says, I would that you all prophesy, but judge the word, not the prophet, but the word, judge the word. And then if we feel like, man, that resonates, that's something for the body, let's share that. We'd love to hear that from you. I'm breaking protocol a little bit because I meet with this guy uh, every other week. And so in this particular situation, I just want to explain that. But I do want to welcome you guys if you hear something. Come and get it checked out and let us hear it. Sometimes uh, you won't get to share, but most times you do. And as long as you're in a spirit where you could handle either, you're probably in a good place, yeah? Tito, what do you got? I appreciate the trust. As you all know, uh, I, as I was listening to the pastor, I was hearing it in a very deep level because a couple months ago, I found out that I had this football-sized cancerous tumor in my kidney. And the first thing that happens is the wind starts blowing up and the waves, and all of a sudden the enemy starts speaking into your life. I'm going to kill you. You're dead. You're a dead meat. And the first response then becomes, okay, shall I panic? Shall I be terrified? It, very naturally. But as pastor said, it's like, no, I know where I can stand. I can stand in that faith. And that faith rebukes the enemy. It's like, okay, it's a joke. God is allowing this to happen in my life for a reason. You know, he has a purpose that he will be glorified in this and it will be for my good. Those are all the promises that I know and so many others. But as he says this, then all of a sudden I can be at peace and at rest. And I just declare to you that, that he is absolutely faithful and that peace is an absolute peace. And when you are not 
kind of, you become deaf to those, the fear and, and hey, yeah, oh, no, he is our Lord and we live to serve him and we die to serve him. You know, so it's like, where is the room for fear? Where is the room for death having a sting? So I just want to echo how strongly important the words the pastor was saying are. Because when the wind comes up, when the storm, you're in the middle of the storm, you have the option to panic. You know, the disciples were terrified. But there's absolutely no reason to. 